Well, hello, everybody. It's Pat Jones with a podcast version of my August Parting Shots column for Golf Course Industry Magazine. It's kind of a new thing. We're going to try it. I pretty much suck at reading, so bear with me. Uh, and I might uh, throw in a few extras along the way. This one's called Backfire. Someone wants to find proactivity is climbing out of your foxhole to get a better look at the enemy. By attempting to get ahead of the game, you actually put yourself at more risk of getting shot. I've been looking at this market for three decades and covering particularly the environmental story. And along the way, I've seen plenty of examples of those well-intentioned efforts backfiring. Back in the late 80s, yeah, I'm old, I remember that stuff, a bunch of Long Island courses volunteered to be part of a groundwater study to see if chemicals were leaching into those sandy soils up there in New York. The results showed only parts per billion trace amounts, literally an eyedropper in the middle of, a, of the ocean, uh, that were detectable in the water table underneath Long Island, and they were well below EPA standards. That was good news, right? Nope. At the time, the state's attorney general, if I recall, one Alphonse D'Amato, issued a ridiculous report called Toxic Fairways, indicting us for poisoning the Empire State's drinking water. You can't win even when you do things right. Not long after that, we shot ourselves in the foot again with the famous release of the University of Iowa Mortality Study. Those of you who go back a few years will probably remember this one. The concept was really good. The association, GCSAA, had offered a death benefit as part of an insurance program. It was a nominal amount, but as a result of that, for years, we've been collecting death certificates. And so we had information on the cause of death of, of hundreds and hundreds, if not thousands, of golf course superintendents, which we turned over at the time to the University of Iowa to study and see if any of them were higher for uh, cancers that were pesticide-linked. And you know what? The theory was that we were the canaries in the coal mine, that if anyone was going to have cancer from pesticide exposure, it would be old-timey golf course superintendents. Um, if you go back a few years, you'll remember a lot of guys didn't use any personal protection. They were handling cadmium and mercury and arsenicals with their bare hands. It wasn't a good thing. So we figured, hey, we'll find out if, if uh, you know, based on the worst case scenario, there was any problem there. It seemed like a great plan until the research came along and it did seem, seem to indicate higher levels of non-Hodgkin's lymphoma and brain cancer. Again, it was well-intentioned, but as we know, the road to hell is paved with good intentions. There have been dozens more kind of oops moments like that, but the latest one I saw was just a few weeks ago in Bloomberg News, Bloomberg Business Week. They had a particularly cynical reporter who decided to turn an environmentally positive release from a management company, ass over tea kettle, and chide us for not doing more to help everybody understand what's going on with pesticides. Um, the whole thing is at Bloomberg.com. If you look it up, uh, you can check the uh, website to find the URL for that. But here's what that reporter had to say after, again, a management company had sent out a release citing the positive benefits of golf and the environment. He took it and turned it around. He said, now, quote, now if you squint, turn your head a bit, and really look hard, you might see this instead. 23% of 18-hole golf facilities have taken no steps to conserve energy. 9% of acreage on 18-hole golf courses is not considered green space. Almost 15% of golf courses tap into municipal water facilities. And then he went on to say, 
The most telling part of the announcement is what's missing, the lack of brag-worthy efforts to control fertilizer runoff at U.S. golf courses. And it's not like nobody's aware of this problem. Keep quoting here. Nitrogen and phosphorus runoff from fertilizer are large-scale environmental problems in many parts of the U.S. and the world. Rivers carry these compounds to the ocean or bays. Algae feast on the nutrients. Their populations bloom and crash, depleting oxygen and leaving, quote-unquote, dead zones. The annual Gulf of Mexico dead zone, an oxygen-depleted, lifeless area that forms in the spring and disappears in the fall, reached 6,765 square miles in area last year fed mostly by Midwestern agriculture. And he concludes, in the absence of gobsmacking accomplishments, maybe golf officialdom, officialdom, can encourage course superintendents to raise awareness about systematic national environmental problems and popularize best management practices without interfering with the game. That way, golfers can become even more mindful about fertilizer use for their residential lawns, which dwarf golf courses in total acreage. Green, for the lack of a better word, is good, but not when it's helping algal blooms create toxic assets. So basically, this guy says, wow, that's great that golf's doing such a good job, but really what we ought to be doing is educating homeowners. Um, I don't know when that's, why that's our job, but it's an interesting take. And so now this guy thinks we've killed the Gulf of Mexico, and we're supposed to be educating Joe Homeowner about the responsible weed and feed use. Go figure. I really kind of feel sorry for the PR folks at this management company, and I know these guys. They sent out a nice release, and they got a public ass whooping for their trouble. Hey, you know, I've been there and done that, and I got scars across my butt to prove it. Proactivity hurts sometimes. It backfires. That's why I worry any time GCSA or any other organizations do big studies to benchmark water, fertilizer, or chemical use. These studies are initiated with the best of intentions until you consider this. It's guaranteed automatic every single friggin' time going to happen when you issue a benchmark that the activists, the government, and the media will look at those studies and say, hey, cool, thanks for the benchmark data. Now tell us how you're going to reduce those inputs by 50% over the next 10 years. I'll guarantee it. Anytime you put out a figure that says the golf industry uses X amount of water per year, environmentalists are going to look at that and say, great, reduce it. So my point is, no matter how well we tell our story, there are always going to be people like this clown at Bloomberg who simply don't believe it or will spin it whichever way it suits their agenda. That's the inherent danger of proactivity. Yet, it shouldn't stop us from trying. Just be prepared for the fact that there's always a bunch of guns pointed directly at your foxhole. Thanks for listening.